There still is this condition that society gives to you that you have to have like a job that gives you a salary every month, right? And there are people who are, you know, location independent who have that. But at some point I decided, you know, that isn't necessarily what I wanted for myself. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of Beat Off Beat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. In this episode, I'm so excited to speak with Jackie, who has been crisscrossing the world for over 25 years. She is an OG digital nomad who lives by the motto, if you ain't thriving, you ain't living right. She's a mother, serial entrepreneur, coach, and consultant who has lived in or visited over 70 countries. So listen on to find out how this digital nomad coaches other women to live their best nomadic lifestyle. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to be speaking with my guest today. I'm here with Jackie. Hey Jackie, how are you? Hey Debbie, how are you? I am wonderful. I love Jackie. We met today, but her energy is already giving me life. So thank you, Jackie, for being well, thank here. Thank you. <laughs> <Can> you- <laughs> energy bounces off energy. So that's all you, girl. You talk about yourself. <laughs> so Jackie, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? So my name is Jackie Holiday, and I consider myself like this OG digital nomad. And for me, my life is about living a life on my terms um, and not necessarily, not that I'm not accountable to anyone because I'm definitely, I got a little girl. I got, you know, I definitely have people that I am responsible for, um, but I feel like as part of that responsibility, I need to be the best role model I can be for my daughter and enjoying that is living a life that's on like my terms. And I don't necessarily know if it's conventional. Well, I know it's not conventional in the sense of my dreams have not necessarily been to go to one place, live there for the rest of my life and do that. Like I want to experience new things. I want to travel the world. I want to do all of that. Love it. And that is something really special, especially for a mother, you know, for parents to do that, because it is an example that you're setting for your children. And you have a really amazing mentality. You have this positive attitude. How did you get started into this path, Jackie? Because this is not like you said, the norm, right? This is not what we're taught to do. We're taught to go to school, graduate, find a job, get married, have the house, have the kids like, but you took that to a different level. I mean, you're still having, you know, a child, you still have your relationships, but it's in a different way that's for you and what you want. So I will say for me, it started when I would say like an itty bitty. I'm I'm fortunate enough that I had a mother who really enjoyed to travel and always encouraged me, even when I was little and I wasn't necessarily traveling, just through books. I mean, if there when I was a kid, if there was a book reading competition, I would win it. I would go to the <laughs> library and my mom would always let me check out the maximum amount of books. She brought me, I grew up pre-internet. So she would buy me every single like um, 
encyclopedia that I wanted, like all that stuff. So I'm just looking up places and all that stuff. And when I was in high school, I actually decided that I was ready to go abroad, like deuces. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I just didn't want to be there anymore. And I actually went to the library. My mom took me and I spent a week in the library just researching programs where I could, one, go abroad, study abroad, but two, have somebody pay for it. Because I, <laughs> I didn't come from a family who had money like that, who could send, give, had five grand and send me abroad for like a year. And so I wrote an application. I ended up getting accepted to a program that let me live in my senior year of high school in Germany. And after that, and I got my little Eurorail pass so I could take my backpack and travel Europe and travel and Frankly, I, 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 that once that bug was in me and I knew that one, I could do it because when you're 16 years old and getting on a plane all by yourself to live with a family you don't even know in a country you've never even been to. And that point, I had just picked Germany because it was a scholarship there. Like, <laughs> I really didn't know anything about Germany except World War II. And that ain't pretty. <laughs> so, so, so I definitely had a, a lot of stereotypes in my head about what it would be like to live in Germany. But I was willing just to to, to see what it was like and, and go in with an open mind. And I never regret it. I probably came back 15 pounds heavier because of desserts in Germany <laughs> or to die for. And my host mom was a pastry chef. So like me and Matsipan um, had this intimate relationship in terms of like, that's what I was eating <laughs> almost every day. And from there, it was just like, okay, how can I make this happen? And the fact that, especially when you're in a place like Europe, right, where you can just hop on a train, you can be in a completely different country in an hour, 30 minutes, just depending, right? It was just like, well, let me just hop here. Let me go to France. Let me go here. And I ended up actually living in France for eight months as well. Then I lived in like Spain. Let me just check out Spain and just see what 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 that life is like. And I just loved that. I love meeting new people. I loved even facing my own insecurities, my own prejudices, because we all have, and we all have biases. We all have unconscious biases. We all have stereotypes of what people are or are not. And just being forced to confront all that, deal with all that, being comfortable being an independent woman. Because I think, I mean, it's definitely hard when you take away everything that's familiar to you, when you take away language, when you take away knowing like a neighborhood, when you take away knowing a culture or a history and what, what the norms are, and just go for it. And you are in some way reliant on the assistance, the kindness of strangers. And I will say that one thing that moving abroad, living abroad has taught me is that human beings at, at our essence, despite all the stuff you hear in the news and media, we're good people. Yeah, it, it's really true, right? Because for the most part, everything that we hear in the news media are, are what's happening that's bad. But for the most part, people are genuinely good. You know, just because we hear only the bad things doesn't mean everyone is like that. And that's why traveling is such a huge part of really learning human nature and human beings and being connected with other people. Because unless we experience it personally, we cannot, you know, we cannot have a full understanding of what other cultures, other people are like. And that's, I think, one of the biggest ways to have an, uh, a really full experience in life and have an open mind like that. And you are lucky enough to have a mom that encouraged that. And I think we're lucky when we have parents that really do that because, you know, unfortunately, that's not everyone's case. So, and I'm sure you're giving that to your your children as well, you know, having that spirit of adventure, which is really important for, for everybody. <laughs> 
So love that you were able to do that jacket at such a young age. And fortunately, you had that scholarship to, to travel. Now, once you finally, right, you went to school, you are supposed to have this job now, right? How did you go into the digital nomad lifestyle? How did you get into that process of working from anywhere? So just a couple things. One, it was the the mindset of having the mindset of, yes, it is absolutely possible for me to live wherever I want, to like travel the world. And I, I will say, though, it, it definitely was a process. Like a couple of times, I mean, I've been throughout my life an expat, which means I had a job in like a different country, because I think it's it's it definitely still was a leap when you are a person who was still conditioned. I mean, despite the fact that I think in many ways, even as a kid, I was very like forward thinking, there still is this condition that society gives to you that you have to have like a a job that gives you a salary every month, right? And and there are people who are, you know, location independent who have that. But at some point I decided, you know, that isn't necessarily what I wanted for myself. Like I love to be, I love to work for myself. I love to create opportunities where I can make money because I mean I went I went to law school. So the idea that, you know, I would go from making six figures a year and having all that student loan debt to, you know, making $12,000 a year, which is completely acceptable to live in many countries in the world and you can live pretty well. Um, for me, just wasn't an option for the type of lifestyle I wanted because I'm a little fancy girl. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm a little fancy <laughs> and I like the nice things. And yes, I spent my I spent my 20s in youth hostels and backpacking. But now like me and my little girl, her name's Ruth, like, we're pretty, like, I got on a plane with her. I gave birth to her in actually San Francisco. And I got on a, a back on a plane with her when she was 10 days old. Wow. And I got her and myself, like, a first-class ticket. And we were out again. <laughs> so, so, and, like, people got on the plane. They were like, one man was like, I've been flying my whole life, and I've never flown first class. How old is she? And I was like, she's 10 days. Aww. And, yeah, I, I, I do. This is, this is just her norm. It will be yeah. her norm. And so, for me, it was very important that I create ways to generate wealth that one allowed me to be wherever I want in the world for the most part, as long as I have a computer for me and computer is very important. But then two, that in creating money, I wasn't necessarily exchanging time for money. Like most people get paid for working from nine to five or per hour. I didn't want that for myself. I wanted to say if from nine to 12, I want to be on a beach with my daughter and we are beach people. Like we love the beach. Uh, if I want to be on the beach with my daughter, that's what I'm doing. That's what I do. And so it was like, all right, let me think of like passive income ways to make income. But then like, also let me think of the things that I'm really good at. And like, how can I turn those into money making opportunities? Right. So for me, it became getting super, super comfortable with numbers and with finances. And that's not something most women are really like comfortable with. Like, and it's not necessarily just budgeting because I also am not that girl who's going to wake up every day like my mama does <laughs> and check my bank account and see how much money is there. Like, I'm not. Like, I don't want to worry about that. Like, I'm not going to stress like that. Like, most of my bills are on auto pay anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, occasionally I'll check my end of the month to make sure, like, nobody scammed me. But other than that, like, I, I don't want to be, I don't necessarily want to be watching my, I want to understand my numbers, but I don't want to be watching my account like that. And how can I get there? And then just understanding real estate. I was lucky enough for me to have a, cousin who is very, very much involved in like the real estate industry and how can I make real estate work for me? And so once I just started like exploring that different ways and just going for things, I mean, especially with like this digital age, there are so many different ways to make money online. 
um, creating like online stores. I mean, and you, and some of it's like the silliest things in like the world. Like I have, I have like a friend and former client who makes money teaching people how to juggle. Right. Oh, so wow. like, it, 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 you're so, like, it can be something that you think like, that's the dumbest skill set in the world. And it was so funny. Cause when I told my mom, Oh mom, I have this client who juggles. And my mom was like, Oh, I want to take that course. And I was like, who knew there's a market for people who want to juggle? Clearly my mom's in that, my client's demographic. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like even the most ridiculous things that you were thinking of, like you're talking about right now, Jackie, like juggling, like people will want to do it, which is pretty incredible. That's the beauty of the internet age now is that you can literally find a client for anything. And it's true. And then once you find, like, I think what most people struggle with is, like, finding, like, who their tribe is, right? Like, it's one thing to say there are people out there who want to, like, juggle. It's another thing to think they're everybody. And I think that's one of the mistakes that a lot of women make when they go and do their own business. They're like, oh, my product's so wonderful. I'm going to sell it to everybody. No, everybody don't want what you got, boo-boo. And that's okay. <laughs> like, that's okay. Like, everybody, for me, even in my, you know, my consulting and my coaching work, like, everybody ain't my client. And half those people that ain't my people like, I don't want to be my people because we wouldn't have a good working relationship. And that's when you get bad reviews and bad reviews do nothing for you. Right. Yeah. And it just makes your time miserable. And again, I as I separate myself from time for money, although understanding that relationship in some cases is very necessary, especially when you're doing coaching and consulting. If I'm going to exchange my time and I'm going to ex- exchange my time for money, I want to be in a working relationship where we're both satisfied. Yeah. And I definitely know where you're coming from, Jackie. And I, I've talked about this in, in another episode is that a lot of times we don't realize that we also have the power in terms of the clients that we're actually bringing into our program or bringing into our business, right? It's really interesting, you know, because we do have that power. And a lot of times we give too much power to to other people. And then when you take a step back, you're like, yeah, I don't need to bring in somebody that I don't click with. Yes, the money is great. But then I can find somebody who fits in better and I'm making money and I'm loving what I'm doing. So but it does take a little bit of time to to learn that, especially if you're just starting out and you're trying to bring in as much money as you can bring in. And that's why, I don't know, it's like that scarcity mindset that we all have in, in the beginning is definitely brutal, you know, and then you learn as you go. But love that you're able to do that, Jackie, and you have such a passion for what you do. I do want to talk about the things that you said about not exchanging time for money and you have all of these different streams of income. Can you tell us about some of them, how you found your way into them and how you're bringing money in all of these different ways? Oh yeah. Let's get, let's get, let's get into some numbers. Let's talk about this. So, so, so I will go first of all, like to my, some of my main bread and butter, right? My background is in like technology, particularly like disruptive technology policy. So when I say like, people are like, whoa, Jackie, that's a, that's a mouthful. What is disruptive technology policy? So that think of any technology that is truly like revolutionized, revolutionizing the world. So be it the sharing economy, be it fintech, which is financial technology, digital payments, like all that stuff, right? Like 
most of these companies like exist and you have engineers who have these fabulous ideas and they're like, I built it now, like I'm going to put it out in the world and governments are like, hold up. Like, we don't know what that is. <laughs> what you doing? Where you flying that drone? All that stuff. So I am the person from a policy and re- regulatory perspective. I usually advise these technology companies on Okay, these are the oppositions you're going to meet. These are the these are the government officials you need to talk to. This is some of the messaging that you need to have so that people, communities, governments, regulators understand what you're bringing forth to the world. And also give them some criticism of like everybody ain't okay with a drone flying over their house. Like it could actually be very that buzzing noise, like looking in your window can be very annoying and invasion of your privacy. So like, what are factors you're going to do to mitigate against that? So that's one of the things I do, right? And so then next bucket is I also do a lot of consulting and coaching for women, mainly black women who usually are in the, the six-figure, high six-figure price uh, income level, who are interested in location independence, moving abroad, or becoming a, like a digital no- nomad. Because when you've been working 15, 20 years, making $100,000, $200,000, the idea of just up and leaving your job... <laughs> And, and traveling the world, like while exciting and like there might have been a movie about it, like it can be can be very scary when you like I got a house, I got bills, like I got all these different things that I have to like factor in. And how can I how can I make this happen? And like most of the women I are like Jackie, like I ain't twenty two. <laughs> I'm not gonna be on flip flops in a hut. Like that's not how I live with insects. And, I'm, <laughs> and I always tell them like it don't matter, girl. I didn't say it the forces. I didn't say it everywhere. If you're in a hot place. Insects are real. <laughs> phobia insects because they they out there like and i didn't been everywhere even in four seasons right <laughs> yeah. even in four seasons mexico city y'all know <laughs> like, the insects are there like makati in the philippines like i've been in some what are considered like high income high net worth neighborhoods areas um and pretty much i've been what ever, over 70 countries and like I said, I don't, I am not a budget traveler. Now I pay attention to money, but I'm not a budget traveler. Yeah. And it really comes down to your lifestyle. You know, you talked about in your 20s when you were backpacking and that's the same way, like with me, right? We, when we're younger, we don't have as much money. So you're traveling with, with the type of lifestyle that you have. And then once you get older and I'm like, I'm in my 30s, I can't be in a hostel anymore sharing bunk beds with people like in their 20s. Like, that's just not how I'm going to travel. Like, you know, you could afford it more. You can go to something luxurious or middle, like middle ground, you know, if you're, you don't want to go that way. But I'm like, yeah, the, been there, done that. Like, <laughs> not going to go back there unless I have to. But, you know, not looking down on it or anything. But <laughs> no, not looking down at all. And, you know, and, and even if you're somebody in your 30s and 40s and like backpacking and stuff, that's for you. I mean, I like camping. Yeah. I mean, I do enjoy camping, but that's just not my like, can't I camp for a weekend. I camp for a week. I camp for two weeks. But like. I mean, I, I got a burning man, but like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing six months without a shower. Like, yeah. or, <laughs> no, that's, that's not me. And, and that's okay. Like I always tell people, you have to decide for yourself what makes you happy because, and even like with me, like location independence, you know, I have some clients who after we talk about it for a while, they're like, well, Jackie, I don't necessarily know if I want to be somewhere every six weeks. Cause that seems exotic at first, yeah. but then the reality is like, you're moving every six weeks. Now, I'm usually moving every six to nine months. But even then, six to nine months, you've started to get a routine. You've made friends. Now I have, like, a daughter who I have to think about. So, like, she has a, she usually has, like, a nanny who she's very comfortable with. And all of a sudden, we're uprooting. So I always say, well, at least with my lifestyle of slow traveling, um, it's 
sometimes it's longer. Like sometimes I might stay a place for a year. I mean, there's also like there's visa and all those other considerations as well. But you really have to think for yourself what works for me. Um, usually I will stay in a region. So I'll say like when, when I was in Guatemala, I'd be in Guatemala, but I would explore all of Central and South America, but I would still have a home in Guatemala like that I'm renting and I'm paying for so that my daughter had a sense of like placement. And this is where we come home to at the end of, you know, going to Colombia for carnival or wherever we may be. Yeah. And and that's really interesting because a lot of people who aren't familiar with this li- type of lifestyle, they think of being a digital nomad or a remote worker, they think that we travel constantly, right? And like you said, it really depends on your lifestyle. You can try it out, see how you like it. And maybe it's not the right thing for you. And for me personally, when I did that, like I just couldn't do the work that I needed to do. Like there was too much distraction because if you're only in a certain, uh, in a place for a certain amount of time, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to work. And then I have to see places. Like I'm only here for two weeks. I can't do all of this stuff. And then I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I would rather stay in one place and travel when I want to than I'm just like uprooting myself every few weeks. Like, I know that wasn't working for me. And my husband has a job in New York City. So like, I can't leave him, you know, for like a year and then just do that, you know. So and and there's nothing wrong with any decision that is right for your lifestyle. And it changes too over time. You know, we we even mentioned it when we were in our 20s, we backpacked. When we're in our 30s, now we're like, I'm flying first class and going to like the four seasons. And it's, I think also it's because travel and the way you live and the lifestyle that you have changes as you become older and just, you know, you change as a person too. So, you know, your routine also changes now, Jackie, you have a daughter and it's not just about you. So it's a completely change, but it's still something that you love, which is incredible. No, no, it's still, it's still something that I love. I appreciate. I'm definitely more conscious about it. I'm definitely more conscious about like my space, my time, my energy, even something as simple as, you know, not being a parent versus being a parent, right? Like when I'm looking at like Airbnbs or short-term rentals, like a bathtub. A bathtub can actually be very difficult to find in some places in the world. And my daughter loves, <laughs> loves her baths, right? Like she's not really like a shower bird. I mean, she's, she'll be three next month. So um, that's kind of the ba- bathtub age. But there's just certain things like you pay attention to. And then even as I grow in terms of my sense of like social justice and my responsibility to the world. And I think about, you know, most of these countries, I'm, you know, I'm hiring like nannies and like what is an equitable salary to pay to like a nanny? And, you know, how am I making sure that I'm not engaging in exploitative practices, particularly, you know, as, as a black woman who's come from a country where I definitely feel like oppression, like how am I making sure that I'm not going to Central and South America and because of the privilege that I have from the wealth that I bring, that I'm not imposing those on particularly on like indigenous people. And those are all things that I talk to my clients about. Those are all things I'm constantly like just aware of and like paying attention to like even now, you know, I'm not really traveling that much because of like COVID. And one of the things that, you know, I always tell people is that most of the time, particularly like these last two years of my daughter, I've been in countries with like indigenous populations. So Central and South America, like, you know, Mayan, et cetera. And like, I'm like, diseases have traditionally like wiped out these, yeah. these, these people. So like me as a person of privilege, the, most of my, you know, my friends, particularly my indigenous friends will never be able to leave their country of origin, right? Like will never, unless they, you know, 
use coyotes or whatever, but they're never getting a visa to go to Canada. Like they're just not. And so like, what is my responsibility in that whole like ecosystem to keep them safe as well? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that a lot of people don't usually take into consideration because for the most part, we just go there, we have a good time. We're like, we're meeting new people. And most of the time uh, you're probably meeting expats. And then, you know, and it's so interesting to me when people go to a different country and they just want to meet people who are in similar backgrounds. I'm like, this is kind of the whole point of traveling. So you can learn about other cultures. Like even if you can't really communicate with them and there's a language barrier, it's your responsibility to learn that, not theirs, right? Because you're in that country. So I love when you mentioned that because there is a responsibility for us. We are definitely privileged in that terms, in those terms where there's a lot more opportunities for us. We could leave our country. We could earn money the way we want to, like we could travel the way we want to, whether it's budget or luxury. So there's so much to be really thankful for. And I I think that's what I really love to share with people is just gratitude, practicing gratitude with with what we have. And I love that you're you're sharing that as well, Jackie, and also you're bringing that to your daughter as well and allowing her because honestly, for me, I'm like when when my husband and I have a kid, I'm like, I want to, you know, explore other places and countries and cultures with them. But then again, like you're mentioning, it's just a really good education for her too. And you're giving her so much of that. Love it. Love it, Jackie. So (laughs) talking about that, talking about like, you know, all of these things that you're doing, let's fast forward to about 30 to 40 years from now, Jackie, and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? So I definitely want to remember it for laughter because I love, definitely love to laugh. And I think there needs to be, definitely needs to be more, more of that in this world. But I also just want to remember it for like my compassion, right? Like I feel like um, we all, I feel like we're all, con- and the more I travel and I've been traveling a while, I've been doing this for 25 years now. Um, but the more I travel, like the more I realize like the interconnectedness of, of us all. And I don't want to sound like hippy dippy wonky, even though I did live in San Francisco for a while, right? <laughs> But like, and, and regardless of like what your spiritual practice is, whether you believe in like a higher power, or like or not, there is some energy that like connects us all. Like, and I want to do my part. Like, and like even at, you know, beginning of this call when you were saying like love your energy, and I'm like, girl, energy bounces right out. So if you feel in my energy, my positive energy, that's because you've got the same. And, and I truly believe that is true. Like from the core of like my being, and I would definitely want to be remembered as a person who brings laughter and light into this world to the degree. And I almost in some ways feel like my daughter is my legacy, although I don't necessarily put that burden on her shoulders. Like I want her to be what she wants to be and what, and what she was, what her destiny is. And I, and I feel like my role as a parent is not necessary to force her into a category, but to show her all the options that possibly exist and to support her in whatever direction she decides to choose. And then also just anybody who passes through my way in life. Like I, I feel like the greatest gift that you can give someone else is just it's just light and love and again not getting hippy dippy and wonky but like just even on a practical level it's funny because full circle you know one of the young ladies that I, I work with I met her at an event probably like 15 years ago now she is in Mexico um, from from South Africa she's not from South Africa but she was living in South Africa and the thing she told me in you know one of our most recent sessions was that I met you 15 years ago at a party she said and I told you I wanted to move to the UK and get my master's degree and you said of course you do and of course you will 
And she said, you were the only person in my, she said, I still remember this day. You were the only person who didn't look at me like I was crazy. Didn't say it was impossible. Didn't say, girl, you don't got no money. Um, girl, this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> if you know me, of course, every, like, I, I, I believe in possibilities and I see the possibilities in people. And I see it both on like a, a, a physical and a, manifest, a metaphysical level, right? Like, you are infinite possibilities. And I say that at each and every one of like my clients. And I say that to like my daughter, like the world is like yours. Yeah. You just got to decide what your place is. And if you figure out what your place is and you get there and you change your mind, that's okay too. Like you can reinvent yourself 15 million different times. I know I've done it in my life. Like there's things that I've said, you know, there's been opportunities that I've had that I said, guess what? This ain't for me. I may be making a lot of money doing it, but it's not, it's not what's filling my soul. Yeah. So I hope that in 30 or 40 years, you know, one, I hope I'm still like active and and, <laughs> and healthy. Um, but it, but even if I'm not, I, I hope that the people that I've touched in my life remember that as my legacy, that all things are definitely possible. And the, truly the only limitations in our lives are ourselves. Yeah. Right. Like and if you have the attitude that you can do that, you, then you will do. And that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to you. It don't mean that depression ain't real. It don't mean that you shouldn't see a therapist because I say everybody should, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause sometimes you need help. Like, you need somebody to help you get through it. You may need a pill to get you there. I'm not advocating illegal drug use. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> some, you may need something, right? Like, you, you're not, every day is not going to be rainbows and sunflowers, although I really do like sunflowers. <laughs> um, but, like, just know that, like, at the end of the day, like, if you just keep, if you just keep moving forward, right? If you just keep if you keep like showing up, if you do if you put in like the work, and I'm not necessarily saying work equals struggle because yes, sometimes there are lives times in our lives when we have to struggle, but I don't. I honestly, in the core of my being, don't think that we were put on this earth to struggle. Right now, we're put on to do work, but that doesn't necessarily mean work is like a bad thing. Like. The work you may be doing is a bad, not you personally, but I'm just saying <laughs> the use of the use of the work. I think the work you're doing is wonderful. Um, but like there's some people are living lives that are miserable. Mm-hmm. And like we were not put on this earth to be miserable. So that means that it is on upon you to figure out like what do you need to happen in your life to make it a life that's worth living. Yeah. And and taking that accountability for yourself, right? Because there's only, only so much that you can do to blame other people or be miserable. At some point, you have to take that into account that you have full, um, you know, you, you can do it. You can definitely do it. I do want to go back to what you're talk, uh, you talked about, Jackie, about, you know, one of your clients saying that you're the only one that believed in her, one of the only ones. And I think that's one of the things that most people underestimate is having somebody actually believe in you, right? Because there's so many things that we want to do with our life. And maybe you're surrounded by a lot of naysayers because a lot of times people are like this are from their own experiences, right? Maybe they tried to do something that they dreamed of and that didn't happen. And then when somebody else wants to go beyond what's in their circle, it's like, you can't do that because I couldn't do it. So how can you do that? And, and I love people like you, Jackie, who are believers, you know, um, like the Willy Wonkas of, of the world who like <laughs> believe in the impossible, even when everyone else uh, doesn't believe that. And I think those are the type of people that really make the world go round because you give others belief in themselves. And, and I think that's very underestimated because it just takes one person to, to give you that uplift 
gift and you don't know what this other person is capable of. They could have the capability to change the whole world if, you know, if that were the case, maybe it could be. So love that. Love what you're doing and love this legacy. You're already doing it. So just you're just going to keep going with it. I, I hope so. That's that's my hope and my wish. Love it. So, Jackie, before we say goodbye, I have five rapid questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it, girl. <laughs> so what would you say has been the best money you've ever spent while abroad and why? Um, the best money is always been spent, spent on a good meal. I mean, mm. especially like street food. Usually the least amount of money I spend, the better the food is. I don't know why that is, but like I am a sh- bring on the street food bring it on. Like, and I have some diarrhea medicine with me, but it was worth it. it was always, oh my God. It's always, always been worth it. Jackie, you and I are going to be fast friends. I feel the same way. I always say the, the weirdest, like the most like ramshackle places are the more, like the better the food is. And yes. like, I'm like, that's why I don't like fancy places. Cause they're too expensive. And the food is not even that good. I'm like, yes. bring me to the hole in the wall. That's where you'll find the good food. I agree. I, I, Girl, from we're so this is not one. <laughs> so what would you say? Can you describe your ideal day? What would it look like for you? Um, my ideal day always starts like the same. I wake up around like five, six. Sometimes I get the rest of sunrise. Sometimes I don't. Doesn't matter. I always do my meditation. I always do my positive affirmations. I always write in my journal. My day always has to begin that way. Then usually I'm a big outdoors person. So depending on where I am in the world, what the weather's like, I'm either at the beach for a minute, just for a minute, just to put my toes. Like I'm a big grounding person. So I feel like human beings at some point need to touch the ground. Mm -hmm. So I'm either out there on the beach, touching the ground, doing like some stretches. I'm not like a yoga person. (laughs) Like, Like I'm not that girl, but I will do like some stretches or just some sort of like physical movement that connects me with like earth and nature. And I feel like helps to put me in a balance. And then it's usually like I, you know, start my work day and start to do like some emails and stuff. I am very fortunate that I have a daughter who sleeps late. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and so usually when she gets up, no, she stays up late too, but she's three. She don't got nowhere to be. I mean, she'll be, she don't got nowhere to be. So I don't really regulate her schedule like that. Um, so when my daughter wakes up, then it usually is all about like her. I'm a big advocate proponent of like world schooling. So most in her prime time, again, she's two. So her prime time is like the morning. That's when she's like the most pleasant. That's when like, she's like, oh my God, this is an angel. I'll have five of her. Because once afternoon rolls around in nap time, then it's like, oh, honey, <laughs> <Someone, laughs> come take this child and put her to sleep. <laughs> the, little, the little diva child comes out. <laughs> No, just just fatigue. Uh, so usually, so usually, I tr- I try to spend some time with her, like whatever. We're, um, and it could just be. I mean, because to me, these are like when I think about my childhood, the time I got to spend with both my grandparents and like my parents as a child, or stuff that I still remember. So whether it be, and it's not like I plan. I mean, I see you know people on YouTube and Instagram doing like all these all elaborate things. Sometimes it's watching YouTube and watching like Blimpy. Yeah. I think Blimpy's strange, but like my daughter's into him. So like, whatever, <laughs> you know, like we'll sit and like, we'll watch him on like YouTube or, you know, it could be collecting like seashells or throwing rocks at, you know, throwing rocks into the water. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be, even when I say like world schooling, like my daughter speaks uh, my indigenous language and she speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's just going to like the market together and letting her like get a slice of like watermelon from like one of the local vendors. I mean, there's just a lot of different things that we just do just hanging out together, like painting, like 
building sandcastles. I mean, it truly just depends. And then usually by, by, by that time, you know, she'll come back, we'll get, we'll get something to like eat. And then she's ready for a nap. And then that's when I just start hitting, like working and whatever projects I have to do, whatever clients I have to meet with, meeting with like my web developer, like just a you know, just fun in the day. Um, it, but that's my typical day, but it can, it can, it can vary depending on, again, what we talked a little bit about time zones and, <laughs> and having clients and, and folks that are different, different time zones. So I love it. I love that type of um, life that you're building for yourself and your daughter, because it's definitely not the norm and it's okay not to live by everybody else's standards and you create it as you go and you learn. So definitely am a big believer in that as well, Jackie. So where would you say is the best place to live as a remote worker? For me, the best place is just anywhere with Wi-Fi. I mean, I, I have to have a pretty strong Wi-Fi connection because I do do a lot of like Zoom calls. I am managing a lot of different, t- I have like teams because I'm a big proponent of what you don't necessarily enjoy doing, outsource, but make sure you understand that outsourcing. And I definitely don't outsource any of my finances except my bookkeeping, but then I still meet with my bookkeeper every week just because, girl, <laughs> I'm having a Jerry. I'm going to know my numbers. I'm going to know my money. <laughs> I love that. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like you got to keep an eye on that yeah yeah that's true you got to know what's happening you know it's it's really important love that so jackie if you could have a superpower what would it be if i could have a oh geez you got me stumped there if i could have a superpower what could it be it probably would be more time because that's the only thing you really can't get enough of yeah um and i feel like the more i live the more i want to live and the more i want to experience so probably more time other than that you can't experience it all in a lifetime, right? So if you could slow it down a little bit and also aging, that would be great. Yeah. Not even like the way you look, but like your body feels. Cause it's yes. like you know how quickly you recover from things. I mean, there was times where I remember I could I could stay out till four or five and get back up at eight and be fine. Yeah. And now I'm like I go to bed at ten latest. Yeah. And I'm sure like I, I my my goddaughter and her brother like they're, you know, they're the same. My goddaughter is the same age as your daughter. And I'm like, how do they have so much energy? I'm like, this should be the total opposite. When you're young, you shouldn't have energy. As you get older, you get more and more because now we're using more energy. I'm like, this is not right. This should not be like this, but whatever. <laughs> so what's the one thing that you wish you would have done sooner? I wish I would have trusted myself. Hmm. I say that because I, there's so many times where I second guess myself and it took me six months, a year, two years, 10 years to decide to go for it. And I think, man, I mean, obviously everything happens for a reason when it's supposed to happen. But I think, man, if I had it, like, if I had done that, like, even like when I, something as simple as like real estate, I'm like, man, if I had it, like when I first graduated from like law school, if I had really started investing in property the way like I'm doing in this part of my life, like, man, like. Could add a couple more, like like three or four more zeros to like all of my bank accounts. So those are some of the things. Or if I had a trust, like I'm a big course person and a big like coach person. So yes, I coach and yes, I consult, but I also have coaches and I'm consultant. I think that if you're a good coach or consultant, you should have people. Like I, I'm always taking courses, and sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had taken that course like six months ago, because it's always something you can know. Learn and it's always something you can know. And I'm always trying to become a better version of myself, right? Like in how I live my life, but then also how I like run my companies and my business. I read one book a week, um, minimum, 
this year I tried to, you know, double it. So I'm going to try to do like two books, a, two books a, a week. Now, sometimes that is audio books and I used to be a book purist, but I'm also a nomad. So I can't be hauling all the books like that. No more. <laughs> um, plus I'm carrying like a two year old who doesn't want to walk most of the time. And I most of the time don't live in places that are stroller friendly. So I'm just always just trying to like, just learn and relearn and, and revisit different things. And I think that that is so important. And I wish that I had trusted more of that in myself at a younger age. Yeah, love that. And I think it always just happens as time passes, you know, it's like it takes a little bit of time to really learn that about yourself that you can trust your decisions, you can trust your instincts. So but I'm glad that we're able to do that now. It's like, it's part of growing, I guess. Yep, it, definitely, <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely is. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jackie, for being here with us. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? They can find me at thejackieolife.com. And it's Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E-O, like the letter O, um, life, L-I-F-E, Perfect. Thank you so much, Jackie. We are so happy that you shared all of your insights with us today. We really appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you for this wonderful platform that you've created for people looking for location independence. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jackie. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to build generational wealth as a remote worker. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing, to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.